All right, what's going on everybody? My name is Isaac Mihongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. In this video, let's talk. The Shane documentary slash long form content, uh, the Adobe Rush products, my thoughts on Daredevil, um, why, and you know, the cancellation of Luke Cage and Iron Fist and why it doesn't really bother me and PewDiePie versus T-Series. Now, now, also, I still don't have a microphone, so I'm just using the cheap, you know, uh, Apple headphones that they give me. So I apologize for the peeves popping and clipping here and there. And, you know, I'll eventually upgrade, but I'm working with what I have. I actually did try to set up my Rode mic so that, uh, that I could hook it up to the computer, but that didn't work. So we're back to square one. But if you want to donate to my podcast, like... 100, 110 bucks so I can get a really nice mic. That would be awesome. Tweet me. Tweet at me. Um, you can just find me anywhere. Search my Twitter at Isaac Mihongos. I-S-A-C. Just one A. Um, yeah, so that's my Twitter. Um, so first and foremost, let's talk about the Shane documentary. Um, those are my dogs in the background. And um, really long form content. Now, I really discussed this in last week's podcast as well. And, you know, long-form content is becoming way more prevalent. But before, actually, before we get started on the conclusion, we, have, we, have, we obviously need our, uh, our beginning, middle, and end. So let's start it from the start. Um, so obviously, YouTube um, and the Shane Documentary what were like my initial impressions you know i watch all eight parts because i'm unemployed and there's nothing else to do and um you know i thought it was interesting there was definitely a tonal shift a shame going against backlash um about him and portraying like certain mental health issues and he apologized and you know to be honest i feel like he genuinely meant the apology you know it's such a big audience that you're dealing with and you're bound to hurt like someone's feelings right when whenever you're kind of doing any sort of topic like that and if you don't portray it in the in the right light right oh shoot i just turned (laughs) my computer into a really okay movie mode my bad i'm using flux so it's gonna look dimmer because i'm still using uh like a blanket so the sound sounds a little bit better um but really, like, this documentary, I think, is a new breakthrough for YouTube, you know? It's really long-form content. Like, this was basically a movie. Like, the finale, uh, Inside the Mind of Jake Paul, which was trending at number one when it was released an hour and 45 minutes. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of skipped a little bit here and there, but other than that, I probably didn't skip more than five minutes. But it was entertaining. To another point, um, and it just wrapped everything up, and you, I think that's really important to to emphasize first and foremost that this is new and original content, long form content. And a few years ago, we probably wouldn't have seen this going on trend. Who wants to watch an hour and forty five minute video, right? Apparently, seventeen million people want to watch that. Of course, you have your people that drop off thirty minutes. I don't know. I can't see his analytics. Um, but you know, I'm not, I don't feel like this is a, this is targeted towards me. I, I don't know who would be the target demographic for this documentary. Um, I felt like 
it was very clever in the way it's portrayed. And this is the only one I've watched because the other ones, I sorry, excuse me, I just ate. Um, I didn't really know who the YouTubers w were, and Jake Paul to me is kind of like, in not an anomaly, but he's kind of interesting. You know, he's so massive and all that stuff. At the same time, it's like you kind of don't like the guy after you know, for what he does. You know, like really to me as a filmmaker and producer, it's like that's bro, that's not even. There's no like the editing is choppy and bad, and so there's like I can now I would not watch his content. Um, and I and I don't plan to, but I, I think what Shane did was really bring something new without fancy transitions or really expensive budgets or special effects. All right, so so kind of got cut off there. Again, the app crashed. This app crashes so much. Like, like okay. So kind of going back to the Shane documentary and. And like, like like I said, there were no special effects or really anything like that you can do with like basic iMovie or Windows Movie Maker or Sony Vegas if you found some means of getting it without paying for it, you know? Um, it was just a new form of content that was really well executed by someone and I think that speaks a lot, right? Like, it's the, the platform's being transformed. And, you know, I'm not going to watch Jake Paul or Logan Paul or whoever the hell. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Like, I'm not going to watch, like, Jake Paul, right? Like, it still doesn't seem interesting. He was just, like, the subject to the documentary. So, I mean, new form content. And then you see YouTube really pushing long form content even more with it being number one. And which brings me to my point of the... Of the BuzzFeed guys, you know, the, the, um, the BuzzFeed Unsolved, which was, that was also trending at number two on Friday for a while. And that's like 30 minutes. And of course I watched the whole thing. And people are just on YouTube because it's becoming the norm. And you see big TV series, like T-series coming in and kind of dominating the space as well. And we'll talk about that later. But um, it's new, it's refreshing and... You know, I think it's a different it's a different take on what YouTube is transforming into. Um, but yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on that. Don't want to dive into it because I talked a lot about it on last last week's podcast. Now let's talk about mainstream news, which is uh, Daredevil and Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, minus Jessica Jones, uh, because I think it's in development. So there's, I mean, there's news about it, but um, Daredevil released on Friday. I kind of binge-watched it. Great series. Um, there was, like, a few things that I... Okay, the biggest thing was I felt like Julie um, Bullseye's, like, person that's that he stalks was, like, not that needed. Um, and I don't know. It was just, like, I did... I, I don't feel like she was, like, super important. I mean, I mean... Clarify me if I'm, if I'm making a mistake, but she kind of vanished for, like, three episodes, right? Like, he didn't even question where she was. Spoilers, by the way. Um, but other than that, I thought that the choreography was really great. Um, diversifying and kind of getting the background characters a little bit more involved. It was really, like, a, like a well-put-together series. And 
I love that they go back to the roots, to the black costume, and it was just a fun series. Like, they're going back, they're doing something more, and I hope that there's a Daredevil season four. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, because there's no more Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And we're kind of kind of talking about that. And that's because I saw a lot of, when I saw that it was canceled, you know, Iron Fist, I was not too surprised because, all right, let's talk about Iron Fist. Season one was bad, like bad writing. Like the the main character, Iron Fist was not confident. Like Colleen Wing was like, and like Colleen Wing was like the best part of the entire series. And it wasn't even her show. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, season one was bad. Iron Fist season one, bad. You want to forget it like Spider-Man 3. And then season two of Iron Fist, much better towards the end. Um, a little bit more confident, but I still feel like it ran into those problems, even though it was like 13, it went from 13 to 10 episodes. And kind of moving on to Luke Cage, which I thought season one was like a little bad just because he was so like unconfident and like there were some really slow moments and you could have totally made that into like 10 episodes instead of 13 and season two, like, season two blew my mind. It was way better. Of course, something that I don't complain about with Luke Cage is the music. I thought the music was always phenomenal. Like, someone needs to get a medal for that. But it was slow. It didn't, I don't think it, I think, I don't think Iron Fist brought in the amount of viewers that Netflix and Marvel thought. But Luke Cage, you know, it kept me, like, it was cool. It was amazing. Like, the hero of Harlem doing his thing. And, um, to me, it was more, Luke Cage was way better, like, season one, a lot better, like, if I could rank them, it'd be Daredevil first, then Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist, and then Jessica Jones, and that's because I'm not really into crime shows, I think they're, like, to me, they're a little too slow, and that's the only, that's, like, the biggest reason I've never been into, like, crime, what's, like, the biggest crime show I've been into, um, CSI Miami? Just kidding. I don't even know what that is. Um, but there were a lot of tweets saying that it was like, because there's so many like people of color in, in it, you know, and obviously it's going to get all political, but it's it's really not that deep. Like when it comes to big budget movies and TV shows, there's so many factors. And if you do like a 10 second search on Google and search up Luke Cage canceled, um, there's a lot of factors that play into it. You know, this is like, 70 year old dudes that still think that like newspapers are effective in in promotion and stuff but as we all know Disney is trying to take over the world and Disney is trying to diversify and Marvel I mean the Disney Marvel Star Wars X-Men now they're trying to diversify and make sure they get as many people as they can into the same group and Disney's trying to just stay positive right because it's the happiest place on earth, but, and, like, what, like, you heard what I said about Luke Cage and Iron Fist, like, they didn't bring in the numbers that, I'm pretty sure Iron Fist, after season one, nobody bought and had to watch it, but they still give it a season two, which I'm happy, and Luke Cage, and, and Luke Cage definitely should have gotten a third season, because, to be honest, season two was a much darker tone, and here are the three big reasons why, um, like, these shows got canceled. Budget, creative direction, and streaming services, right? So, let's talk about budget first. Or, like, 
Luke Cage, I mean, um, Iron Fist, 13 episodes, first season. Now they go to the second season, and it's 10 episodes. Netflix is still paying for the IP, the intellectual property from Marvel. So if you get 10 episodes, you get less money. So it becomes a money game. And I believe Luke Cage was also 13 going down to 10. Or was it 13 going... uh, Initially, Marvel was losing money because they were making shorter series. And that's not what they want, right? They want more money. Um, And it takes a lot of money to probably create these shows and the special effects. Even though sometimes the glowing fists look super cheesy. And that's one. That's like budget. You know, like how much are you making? And then it comes down to um, creative direction, you know, like season one of, uh, I keep on saying that it was really, really bad. Uh, not Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Iron Fist season one was bad. Um, and Marvel probably doesn't want to hear that from one of their properties. So, you know, that's what that's one really big thing, right? You're trying to keep it consistent and make sure that the audience, which I mean, which, I mean, the audience is initially who gets to decide, and the numbers show it, and the data is there. Can I just say that Cloak and Dagger is a really good show, too? Like, Cloak and Dagger is probably a super underrated show. And to be honest, I'm surprised Netflix didn't buy that. It's just like, those is, that's like one of those shows that I watch. I'm like, what the heck? This should have been like, this is super underrated. Um, but yeah, back to that. Creative direction, very important, because the fans will know. Like, will know. And then... Um, streaming services like Disney, money, 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 money. The streaming services is what it comes down to, you know. Netflix is going to be a competitor to Disney. And Disney probably doesn't want to make any more deals because they see their streaming services within the next few years, um, like, coming into fruition. And why why would you give, like, your characters to them? Of course, they're still on a contract. And personally, I think that, you know, the chemistry between Iron Fist and Luke Cage is really well done in the Heroes for Hire episode. And, like, who wouldn't want to see more of that? I per- I know I personally would if it's 10 episodes, if it's really tight-knit and stays true. My only concern would be, like, how do you handle, like, the threads that were left from season two, right? Like, how do you weave that together and make it important to these two characters so they work together um but yeah I, th- I thought season three of iron fist was gonna be great luke cage already awesome i really liked it like i feel like it could have been a lot better season three you know it just gets better and better they're trying to figure out bugs especially season one but iron fist was really bad season one don't even watch it you don't even have to watch it um so yeah like it's not i mean it kind of is pretty deep <laughs> but it's not at the same time because Again, Disney trying to diversify, keep everybody happy, happy the happiest place on earth. And like it's not just because POC and like all that stuff. Like I completely get it. And I and I love diversity and I you know, I'm a huge fan of Miles Morales and you know, like to me it's crazy that we're gonna see a Spider Man movie, hopefully based solely on Miles Morales and his story and eventually see him like Peter Parker. Because I know there's a lot of fanboys out there that are like, Mons Morales isn't a Spider-Man, but it's like it's right there. Like, Spider-Man gave him his blessing. And, um, yeah. So, like, diversity, Disney wants it. It's just budget, creative differences, and streaming services. Like, 
think about it on a, like a much grander scale. And it, again, it just comes down to numbers and money. That's, that's, really, that's really why they cancel it. And I would love to see a Heroes for Hire TV show come to fruition eventually. But those are kind of my thoughts on those two. Um, now we're just going to cover PewDiePie versus T-Series just a little bit. And that's because, you know, PewDiePie, obviously biggest YouTuber on the platform versus T-Series. It is a corporate, kind of a corporate owned, uh, like music, music, uh, YouTube owned by Siri, by like a company, um, in India. And I just kind of want to say that, to be honest, I, I mean, numbers, just because you have the most numbers doesn't initially mean that every single, like 66 million, like PewDiePie doesn't get 66 million on every single, every single one of his videos, right? It's like a meme channel now, right? Um, And T-Series, obviously it's corporations that are able to kind of produce at a much faster rate. Not only that, but I was reading that they're like the biggest, they're like the Vivo of India. And I think it's really cool that we're getting like more sort of, like more um like different countries you know like popping up on youtube that's really crazy but i just want to say that like they're not like original organically grown creators they're just they're just like a corporation right like corporations have so many more resources and pewdiepie is like a one person band right so i kind of have more respect for the person that organically grew and was there as opposed to like the Vivo of India who has probably millions of dollars in the bank to start something like this and holds intellectual property. I'm just going to start saying IP because intellectual property is too long. Um, the IP, you know, they own songs and copyright and all that stuff and like super easy, like YouTube accessible and all that stuff. So that's all I want to talk about. And lastly, um, Adobe, Adobe Rush. Uh, really cool. Sorry about the background noise. Those, there's dogs in the back. Um, I just want to say it's really crazy what they've done. Um, and I think it's really important because this is going to be their biggest, this is going to be Apple's like biggest competition, which is weird because one of the, like the big people at Apple was, was at, uh, the Adobe, the Adobe event. Now everybody holds one of these, I guess, cause Apple did it. So everybody's got to do it. Um, but yeah, so Adobe Rush. Uh, I was just looking at a lot of the videos and tutorials and I just want to say that the user interface looks a lot like Final Cut, but that's really good. You know, like the user interface looks simple to use, effective. You get all the stuff that you need. You get your audio, which brings in the reduction of echoing in the background and hissing. Two of the things that you're probably going to look for the most. So it takes away a lot of the clutter and also like LUTs, well, not, they're not LUTs, they're basically like film emulations, right? And those are what everybody's probably looking for. So I think they packed in a lot of the good stuff. They brought in stuff that's gonna matter and it's gonna be effective. The stuff that's probably the most searched on YouTube, right? Like how to make a video on like iMovie or something. This is gonna be iMovie's biggest competitor, right? 10 bucks a month, like I would have 100% killed to have something like this when I first started and now it's here like 10 bucks you don't have to pirate this it's there it's effective you have everything that you need not only that but you have it on mobile um 
excuse me, and it becomes really easy to get it on there, and it sinks, and sorry, I just ate, so there's no reason why you wouldn't, and you know, it's also, it's not just on Mac, it's on PC, so that's the advantage of Premiere, right, so now if only they could do the render times of Final Cut, but nope, um, but the moment you get, like, the user interface was, like, my biggest thing, you know, right? you know? Um, it's got to be simple, it's got to be fun to use, it's got to be simple to use, like, like, a 10-year-old should be able to use, like, Adobe Rush, and I think they nailed it, it's really well, there's still some bugs, obviously, the first beta, or, like, the first showing, or, like, the first people that are going to be using this, um, I think, based on the response, they did a really great job, um, but here's what I think is going to be, I think Premiere is, and Rush, and Adobe, like, I'm a huge Adobe fanboy, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I've been using Premiere, I've been, uh, like, Photoshop and the Adobe Creative Suite since I started, so of course I'm going to have a bias, like, that just, everything works organically together, and I've talked about it, and I've made a video about why I personally decided to go with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and... This is just kind of taking it one step further, especially with mobile editing. I mean, you have all of that on your phone and then you have the support of other creators and like other filmmakers who have used the Adobe product. So you're kind of getting people hooked and that's great. That means more resources, but that just means that like Adobe Premiere doesn't have to be like, you know, not saying like a rude way, but it doesn't have to be like dumbed down, you know, like now they can focus on better interface um what like the professional i'm saying i'm a professional or anything but now we can move away from you know like making it easier or making the user face a little bit weirder for like a like a like a new person like a novice to you know they're two separate teams now and you know once you hit this wall in adobe rush now you're gonna move on to premiere and it's really great like awesome you're democratizing video editing and what is important you know timeline timelines are the same in every single program left to right left to right right yeah left to right um but you're also including um you're also including the film emulations and ramping and all that good stuff right obviously they're probably gonna add more stuff and i hope they just keep it simple because that's what adobe rush should be and you know they're just gonna get people hooked onto the adobe products because once you learn one you can probably learn the others like there's so many things that just work natively together and the dynamic link and all that stuff and i think it'll just i think adobe rush is just a great pro, um, product they're really emphasizing the content creation and just bringing it to the masses right like not only that but like 20 bucks a month if you're also a photo editor 20 bucks for a really solid video editing program and a video video and photo like you're done your set obviously i probably wouldn't use this for like a big ass budget wedding or like a movie like an entire like cinematic movie right it's just solid it's good it's there and i don't really have too many complaints you know um because great program and i can't wait to see what they do with it um but yeah that's kind of it um that's that's all of my thoughts. Uh, let me know what you think. I also made a new two new videos. Um, 
what was my first video about? Um, so the one, there's one about tripods, uh, the most used tripods that I've used over my past six years of making photos and videos, like four years of photo and video. And then, then there's my um, Gary V flip challenge and almost getting scammed on eBay. So go check those ads. Um, it's in the link tree. And if you would like to, you know, send me some money to uh, send me some money to uh, to get a new microphone for this podcast, tweet at me, like I said at the beginning. And that's really it. Um, you know, that's it. That's all. That's all you need. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter, um, Instagram, all that stuff. Go check out my YouTube. That's all the information I got for you. My name is Azami Hongos, and I'll catch you in the next one.